Hello and welcome again to the Mike Thrays podcast. You're watching or listening to your host, Mike Thrays. You may be listening on Apple, Anchor, Stitcher. I think there's a number of other streaming services you can audibly listen to this. Alternatively, Spotify does have a video option. So if you're subscribing to Spotify, you may be seeing my dulcet good looks and to match my dulcet tones here on the on the podcast. The other option, I probably will also link this to YouTube and or Instagram, the Christ Body Love page. So you may also be watching and listening to this on there. But formalities out of the way. You've probably got a sense where I'm going with this if you even listen to my or come across my recent podcast. My passion is spiritual awakening, particularly conscious manifestation. I'm a big advocate of the teachings of the I Am principles of Neville Goddard, Florence Gardell Shin, Christ Consciousness, and which is a big part of why one of my handles is Christ Body Love. Christ Consciousness, Body Awareness, Love Frequency. And what I've discovered along the journey of awakening and being in a corporate environment initially to the doing a spiritual pilgrimage where I ultimately moved archetypes, moved from, a, I guess, a conscious business person space to a full energy, an open-hearted full energy, is, I guess, the difference between identity and the I am. So the fundamental change in environment that I experienced gave me what Esther Hicks, Esther Abraham Hicks, talks about is the contrast of the reality. And it was that contrast, although we think about it, yeah, it's very easy to look at it at times in hindsight. We can see it on our own journey, uh, growing up as the child, and then we go to school, and, and we move into certain environments. And particularly, perhaps, with academia, it, it's quite clear that the, the transition from child to, to warrior energy, to, to king, queen, or magician energy, it's like a linear space. But we don't, we almost like take it for granted as a rite of passage. But when we're moving through, I guess, what is a change of career path, which is a big aspect of the learnings and teachings that I experienced on the, the Camino de Santiago and the Way of Arles, was that I learned the difference between linear growth, in effect, change, getting older and, and growing, and, into, and in, you know, become a parent and on a linear journey, to ultimately identity shifting. And this identity shifting ultimately is what helps and has helped me bring a lot more level of awareness and discernment and I guess intuitive understanding and my emotions, my feelings and my ability to change my environment from how I feel. So I was listening to another Neville Goddard yeah, lecture the other day. It was his final one. <coughs> it's funny, my... <coughs> my throat is actually seizing up <coughs> as I begin to talk about this because I, I got quite emotional listening to this and yeah maybe this is a good preamble clear out the throat chakra before we go into this part of the next part of the of the podcast the the preface to this without wanting to go too conceptually into all the works of Neville and really wanted to keep this very streamlined focused is that Neville's teachings around the I am developed from the, the manifestation space, which I can also relate to. When we, we have this a spiritual awakening, we, we begin to wonder where it came from, and then we begin to see how fluid reality can be. 
at the Neville, that was the law, practicing the law of assumption and the wishes fulfilled. But at the same time, and they're, they're not, they're not uh, what I would say mutually exclusive because they're deeply connected, is the promise. And one of Neville's books or works um, is the law and the promise, which is, yes, the law and conscious manifestation, but the promise, and uh, connected with the topic of this final election that he, he recorded the year, before, or the year that he died in 1972, was you must experience God. And the ability to experience God, ultimately the promise to him, and he had very much a biblical connection with the, the message around David, because he was heavily and highly influenced by the, the Bible, and the Bible, in effect, as a code of manifestation. But that's probably another topic for another day. The, the experiencing of God, though, which is what's so interesting, and the promise to him. So for him, he segregated between the law and the promise. The law is about, in effect, the law of the assumption is connected with the law of attraction. But it's for me, it's used the I am principles of assuming I am already what I'm asking for. It's a similar process. Law of attraction is just what you would say is, and there's multiple teachings on this. You look up law of attraction, there's millions and millions of, of different topics about this online. In my simplest way is you get what you think about. And a, a part of it, and this is somewhat of the trick, what you're thinking is also affected by how you feel. And how you feel is defined by how you identify yourself. So how you identify yourself is also connected to the I am, the law of assumption. So there's subtleties to this. But sometimes we overcomplicate things unnecessarily because we don't always feel worthy of what we're asking for. Or the identity is taught to create things to be harder than what they need to be. That's another subtle shift. But what I'm getting at with this final lecture with Neville and everything I've been building around the I am principle in relation to identity and change and transformation is the promise or the experience of God, the experience that we are born and we self-realize our divinity. And the devil there, he, he, he compares it to the experience of waking up in the tomb and the skull. The skull is comparable to the tomb of Jesus Christ in, and when he's reborn from the, yeah, resurrected from the dead. It's experience of humanity uh, basically waking up to their own realization of divinity. So it's a deeper sense of self, and it's this greater experience of God. But for me, well, that's also true. You can compare it to Kundalini awakening and the Kundalini basically awakening and cranial awareness in the body. And the devil that was also symbolic with the, the child, the birth of the child, you know, the Osiris and Isis Horus myth with the father and the mother and the, and the son helping, re, I guess, yeah, resurrect the father. So there's mythology around this, but again, keeping it relatively simplistic, focused on our own desires to want to create conscious change is practicing the law of assumption in itself is evidence that we are God. That's the big thing. And the practice of the law of assumption, all it really is is embodying the I am principles. About a year ago, a little more than a year ago, and I do use YouTube quite a fair bit, and I like to play with the algorithm a little bit and see what's coming up. There was a book that came up almost for about a month consistently, 
and it, it shouldn't have come up, but it came up as my thirst fee, thirst feed item, even though I'm, I'm listened to it at least 15 times. It was a three-hour book called The Impersonal Life by Joseph Benner. Quite an unusual book. And interestingly, it's believed to be the the book that was next to Elvis Presley when he passed away. It's it's a funny, interesting book different in terms of its niches, in terms of who, who what how it finds people, who it comes across. But the content is very much similar to Neville's I Am Principle. But it's from a deeper space. It's like a channeling of the, of the the Godhead itself. And the big premise, taking that big breath, and it, it kept coming up for me, like I said, for a month. And it'd be the first item. And, you know, when you, for people familiar with YouTube, when you watch something on YouTube, the only once you've watched it, it will stop coming up. It will keep coming up in my account. And I'm... Um, and it was about a three-hour book, so I didn't really want to listen to the whole book every time I turned on YouTube. But I got through and I keep persisting with it, and I wouldn't listen to it 15 times. But The Impersonal Life of Joseph Better, it kept repeating this same premise that be still and know I am God. Be still and know I am God. Basically, be in your own throne. Stop. Be preoccupied with external distractions and things. Stop, pause, be still. And know I am, the I am part of you, us, is the creator of this reality. <laughs> it's a, it can be, and this was coming up for me in a time when, yeah, I had relationships breaking down. Um, I was struggling to eat at times. I had death. It was at the very, and perhaps this is the ability to recede that was connected with that. When everything's fallen down around you and there's nothing really to be distracted by and it's like challenges to accept that you're the one bringing forward the, real, the reality, the challenges connected to the identity, the identity that is the I am. It, it's both... A challenge. It's really hard to accept, but at the same time, it's easier to accept because it's clearer to see. There's less distractions. But to accept that we are the conscious creator, and this is the evidence that I talk about with Neville, and that you must experience God. The Neville had to be. It was a deeply mystical experience that happened later in his life, well after he'd already talked about the law, the law that he talked about in, in almost all his content and his lectures before this mystical experience. But for me, yeah, whether you have this mystical experience where he, and he, he talks about going to different dimensions of reality in, in his meditations and connecting with people that, yeah, have been passed away and, and ultimate dimensions. This it's real, Neville's work on the promise is very deep and it has a, a total different um, emphasis to his earlier work around the law and the law being more practical about law of attraction. You know, people that practice the law through a new home, new job, relationship partners, car, uh, etc. But the, like I said, there's still the proof that we can actually apply the law, that we can change a reality based on how we feel or imagine. Is that not evidence enough that we are God? That whatever we imagine reality to be, whether we have a mystical experience confirming that, I feel 
the subtlety and interesting thing with this is the more we believe it, the more I believe, be still and know I am God, the more I have evidence to affirm it. Someone with, and it's sad to say this, but more we believe we're victimised by someone, that they've done these things to us, the more we get evidence of that. So, ultimately this premise of Neville the Promise and the I Am, it's a practical thing. It's a, it's, what well, Neville says this also, it's strange that it's like the seeming most impractical, using the imagination, you know, imagination seemed perceived to be a waste of time, is the most practical tool of reality creation. To actually practice being in the imagination, to be a dreamer, People are often mocked as being dreamers, but effective, conscious dreaming where you're balancing that masculine feminine, you're focused dreaming, but you're allowing, working with the subconscious mind, that is the most effective tool of, of transformation. And it seems so strange, doesn't it? Because we, we are taught in many different ways, experiences that we have to get into reality, do these things, beat that person. But to be working with the fluidity of the, the subconscious, the feminine, in effect, um, to allow the masculine dreams to, to manifest, that is the great gift of reality awareness, really creation. And that's the promise also. Because when we have success with the manifestations, and ultimately their success is connected to how much we embody the dream, we believe, we feel, and it's, we seem to fluke it initially, don't we? These little things come up and these subtleties. And and I guess we sense later that they've always been working through us. In some, like I said, the victim story, unfortunately, that it's somewhat programmed into us. In many of us, they're having the effort to do and and, we, and people always do all these things. And we have this, this pull towards unnecessary drama. And we get attached to drama that we have consistent manifestations of drama. And when we're not getting drama, we'll turn on certain programs or we'll call up someone to play because that's the tuning fork of drama. So it seems to be a common frequency. But you, then you change your frequency you get in nature. Like I talked about, you change the archetype of the state, the identity. Then you might meet people that are not so attuned to drama. Have a different perception of reality. And then you begin to perceive, well, maybe I'm a bit different as well. And so if you go back and you get the contrast again in that old reality, which is what happened to me, and has in its consistent integration, the way we respond and relate to those previous people also change. At first, the, the minor want to victimise, because that's the, the programming. And the minor will say, well, look, these people haven't changed, or these people are like that. And, and that spiritual ego phase is where... You develop the level of awareness and you want to help change people. You want to bring people along. But then you begin to perceive that be still and know I am God, that now people still respond to you how you feel about you. And paradoxically, while people have a certain, yeah, they have attracted certain things, like we are attracted to certain things. But when we stop trying to change them, that's actually a better sign that we are embodying this I am frequency, that we don't actually need to change others to be worthy. We're not preoccupied with the external, that we accept the promise, that we are what we say or what we be or what we feel we are. 
I am. So that's basically just what I wanted to get at here. And perhaps I'll, I'll build on it more in future podcast episodes or practically using it. I talk about a lot in all my books of content. It's, you know, and sometimes it's easier to write about because when we write about it, we layer it with experience and we can also keep it in a, a frequency of consciousness, which is in the flow, in the, and it's not so distracted or affected by environments. But I guess what I wanted to close this one with today is that, and this is what I've connected a lot of content I've been talking about lately, the simplest way to put it, beyond the law and the promise, is the, the nature of duality and the 3D and the 5D, is that when we become aware of the difference between the formless part of us, the divine, the presence, the awareness, and the identity that has actually been built from that divine uh, formless awareness, the split between the two is the gateway to the higher conscious awareness. When we're purely in 3D, good, bad, right, wrong, we don't seem to identify any difference. <laughs> so we keep thinking all these things that are happening to us. Uh, you know, we, we can all, often personalise them and we don't have the level of awareness to change it because we keep thinking the divinity is out there. So the divine is out there. And this is what Neville's getting at with the, the law and the promise. I think, and remember, Neville, a lot of Neville's teachings now go back 50, 100 years. They're, they're, quite some time ago, his earliest teachings, almost 100 years ago, 80 to 100 years. Initially, when people come in to heal Neville, they were focused on change, understandably. They wanted to manifest certain things, which wasn't necessarily really talked a lot about in the, in the community. And these are people that had Christian backgrounds, or not just Christian backgrounds, but predominantly Christian backgrounds, around New York and LA, where we did most, and San Francisco, where we did a lot of these lectures. But... While they all wanted to consciously change, for them, their change was about living in the moment, in effect, wasn't it? It was about wanting to improve their reality. And they saw that they had to do certain things. But why Neville's teachings were so fundamentally different was he saying, to change all those things, it's not really about what you do. It's about how you feel and how to create, because he had an acting background, using the subconscious mind to create a scene where it's already fulfilled. Imagine a scene living in the scene. So that was still a practical element. It was just, even though it was work with the imagination, it was practical. But this is why the devil and what and where I get it with the promise is fundamentally different. It's still connected. When we're actually assuming that we are the I am, when we become aware of that duality, the duality, the awareness that we're not purely the identity, the, the God and the manifestations out there. They're not really solely out there because they're all coming from within. The be still the know I am God is the acceptance that we are contributing to the play of reality. And it's not solely just the imagination that's trying to, to manifest. The impulse to have the manifestation is also connected to the I am part of us. So the I am and the identity are different and the identity is connected to the I am. But ultimately, what do you choose to see yourself as? If we're so focused on the identity, the effect, we can miss the cause. So we keep trying to do the things. We keep looking at what's going on in the screen of space, the external perception of reality. But we miss the imagination, the imaginative cause. 
So rather than being so preoccupied, even on this manifestation journey, and you may be going through a spiritual awakening at the moment, the temptation can be so much towards wanting to do the things. I remember a lot of we can have a lot of program around fear or shame around laziness or judgment for not being busy. <laughs> so quite likely we will have to we'll be dealt with manifestations where we uh, meet people or we're encouraged to or face our own judgments and cultivate a being dimension, be still. But the ability to be still is ultimately that recognition of that I am part of us. And when we see that we are the I am, we can most simply see the two. That's the simplest way to talk about it. The promise is the recognition of the I am, the formlessness, and the form is an expression of the formlessness. If we see and feel and embody that awareness of the two, which is one, because they come from the I am, we don't need anything. We don't need to change the things because the awareness of the I am actually creates the change. It creates the flow. Thanks again for watching. Listing, be part of it. Bye for now.